Okay, I was really thinking about doing today's show without any video. It was just going to be a black screen and just audio. I, I promise you I was thinking about it because I know that I need to signal to everybody what a good person I am and how much I support Black Lives Matter because those two things, obviously exactly the same. And, and I just wanted to be like all of the white liberal slacktivists who were on Instagram yesterday. But I got in trouble. I'm sure you saw a lot of just when you're scrolling on Instagram or social media, you saw black squares and it was a black square to black out for black lives matter. But I got in trouble because I just got it wrong. I posted a black square with a rainbow on it because I was confused. I, I didn't know if I was supposed to post a black square for black lives matter or a rainbow for pride month. I didn't know which way was going to be the best way to show my liberal piety to everybody because the secular liturgical calendar is so confusing. Then a friend messaged me when I posted this. He said, Michael, that's, that's very offensive. This is a liberal friend of mine, but you know, nice guy. He says, Michael, it's very offensive what you just did. You, you can't, it looks like almost like you don't support Black Lives Matter, which now we all have to support. I think they passed a constitutional amendment. Isn't it required that you support Black Lives Matter? But I don't support Black Lives Matter because I think Black Lives Matter peddles lies and harms a lot of people. Ironically, most especially black people. We've got the tapes to show you that I promise you, you are not going to see on the mainstream media. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. I'm always getting in trouble on social media. I just don't know how to speak liberal. I don't know. I guess I just don't know how to be in the liberal culture. I'm going to let you in on a little secret that no one seems to know about Black Lives Matter. But first, I've got to thank our newest sponsor that I am giddy with excitement to thank. That sponsor is Thompson Cigar Company. This is a company that I have been a customer of for 14 years. I've been a customer of Thompson Cigars since my mother bought me my first box of cigars when I was but a wee lad. You know that this is my favorite hobby. Maybe it's my only hobby is smoking premium cigars. I love them. It's the best way to relax. It's the best way to relax with friends. It's a great social equalizer. Uh, it's also a great way to relax just on your own. I love smoking a cigar on my own. I had one from Thompson Cigar just yesterday. It was a Padron 1926 cigar. Absolutely fabulous. They sent me an incredible sampler pack of some great stuff. Davidoff, uh, Churchill Late Hour, of some Liga Privada, some Oliva Milanio. I mean, just amazing cigars. That's what Thompson's kind of known for is their sampler packs. They got the five pack fever program. It, it includes just great, great deals. Head on over right now for a limited time. Thompson's offering 15% off orders over 75 bucks or 20% off orders over 99 bucks as a Father's Day special. To take advantage of these incredible savings, you simply go to thompsoncigar.com and use promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, when you're ready to check out that website. Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, cigar.com. Use promo code Knowles. I'm going to let you in on the little secret. Nobody thinks that black lives don't matter. Nobody thinks that. Many people think that many other people think that black lives don't matter. See, many people think that there are, there are all these bad people who obviously aren't them because we, we're all just such wonderful people, but there, there are many, many other really bad people who think that black lives don't matter. And that's why we've got to post the black square to show all those really bad people out there that, that we know that black lives matter. But the thing is, the thing is every single person thinks that black lives matter. 
You know how you know that? Because of your Instagram feed yesterday, because of social media, because everybody was doing it. Black Lives Matter is not about convincing people that black lives matter. Okay. Everybody is convinced of that. Everybody with any influence in anything believes that black lives matter. Everybody, virtually everybody in government, media, virtually everybody in corporate America is actively promoting the black lives matter movement. Not even just the idea that black lives matter. Black lives matter is not about convincing people black lives matter. It's about pushing a radical agenda, radical leftist agenda that peddles lies. Black lives matter is founded on a lie. The foundational lie of black lives matter is that there is an epidemic in this country of racist whites hunting down black men every time they leave their homes. That's what LeBron James said just the other day. And the, the specific lie of this is that it's racist white cops who are hunting down black men. The, the most specific version of this is Michael Brown. There was this lie that in Ferguson, Missouri, officer Darren Wilson hunted down Michael Brown who was completely innocent. He wasn't doing anything. He was down on his knees with his hands up and he said, don't shoot. And that cold blooded killer, Darren Wilson killed him anyway. And none of that happened. We know that none of that happened. What really happened is Michael Brown robbed a store, reached into Darren Wilson's car, grabbed his gun. The gun went off. Michael Brown goes away. Then he turns around and charges back at Darren Wilson. And only then does Darren Wilson fire his gun. This is backed up by multiple autopsies. This is backed up by many eyewitnesses, black eyewitnesses. This is backed up by a grand jury report. The story that Black Lives Matter based its whole movement on is a complete fabrication. Okay. Beyond that, we know the idea that there's this scourge, this epidemic of racist whites nationwide hunting down innocent black men isn't true. You can just look at the statistics. That, that simply is not the case. The specific lie that cops are gunning down innocent black men, also not true. There's a good piece on this out in the Wall Street Journal from Heather McDonald today. Here are the numbers from 2019. Obviously, the most recent numbers we can get. 375 million annual contacts between police officers and civilians. Police officers of all races, civilians of all races. In 2019, police officers fatally shot 1,004 people, most of whom were armed and dangerous, right? Because cops don't particularly enjoy going around shooting people, right? Even, even if you think that they're these psychopath cops, certainly they don't want to be caught up in, in a, a scandal, in some media firestorm, because they've had to discharge their weapon. A quarter of the people who were killed by cops in 2019 were black, which Heather points out is lower than the crime rate would predict. Police fatally shot nine unarmed black men and, or nine unarmed black people, but that's almost synonymous with men, uh, and 19 unarmed white men in 2019. There aren't too many young girls going around committing, you know, very violent armed crimes. Even unarmed here does not necessarily tell the whole story because it includes a case such as this in Newark, New Jersey, of a guy who had a loaded gun in his car during a police chase. So was he unarmed when he was shot? I guess so, technically, but I mean, not really. They, they did have a loaded gun in the car during a police chase. We know, and this is a statistic that's going around for a long time, a police officer is 18.5 times more likely to be killed by a, a black man than vice versa. Now, what the media want to tell you is that they're going to peddle those lies. Then they're going to tell you 
the lie about the, the operation of Black Lives Matter itself, which is that the protests are completely different from the looting and the rioting and the arson and the assault and the murder. And the thing is, they're not. They're not. I'm not saying that there aren't peaceful protesters. Of course there are peaceful protesters. What I am saying is the so-called peaceful protests and the looting and the rioting and the arson and all of that overlap. They overlap almost perfectly. There, there's no, it, what they're actually trying to tell us right now is that even though the looting and the arson and the riots and the murder is happening in the same place at the same time for ostensibly the same reason as the peaceful protests, they're totally different. That is simply not the case. Isn't it a weird coincidence? This is what the media keeps saying. The peaceful protest unexpectedly turned violent. How many times does it have to happen before it's no longer unexpected? I, I'm no prophet, you know, I'm, I'm now Nostradamus predicting the future, but I can guess that where most of this civil unrest is happening, they're just going to be looting and riots and arson. The final nail in the coffin of this lie that the protests are completely peaceful, Black Lives Matter totally peaceful, and then yeah, there are a couple bad apples who just happen to burn down a lot of American cities. Uh, they're a rare exception, they, they, don't, they don't characterize the movement. Actually, the final nail in that lie came from the celebrity, Idris Elba, the actor, Idris Elba, who posted his, his square, and then he wrote this quote, quote, this ain't a movie, ain't calling cut. We cutting the throat of the old system. So if you ain't with us, then you better run. New breed. I don't know where this uh, poetry comes from. I'm not sure. It's not, probably not Wordsworth or something, but uh, he posts this line, of very violent rhetoric. Now you might say, Michael, it's just a metaphor because he says he's, he's cutting the throat. Sure. But he says he's cutting the throat of the old system. So he's not cutting the throat of people. It's the old system. Yeah. Except in the next line, he says, so if you ain't with us, you better run, (laughs) uh, run from what, why are we going to run? Oh, because, because all of this rhetoric is incredibly violent. Unlike the mainstream media, Unlike celebrities of all races, unlike liberals, black business owners know that Black Lives Matter has resulted in widespread violence. There's one woman, I'm go- I want to draft her to run for president. She's speaking the most common sense of maybe anybody I've seen with a public platform. And she just happens to be a business owner on a street who got her, her shop destroyed by these rioters. She came out and gave a, a harder, more realistic look at the Black Lives Matter riots. The problem that bothers me, you says Black Lives Matter. I work here part-time, plus I'm a part owner of this store. You said Black Lives Matter. Why don't you choke me? I'm black. Tell them, look what you did to my store. Tell them, sister. Look. Look what you did to my school. Tell them, sister. That's like, because I got their back. These are my shoes right here. Look at the things you've done. Good man. Look. Look. The Black Lives Matter. We've been here all night cleaning up. All night cleaning. And you got black people standing right here with them. Tell me. Black Lives Matter. You lied. You wanted to loot the store. You needed money. Get a job like I do. Stop stealing. This is the neighborhood. We're trying to build it up and you tear it down. Only 
a liberal intellectual could not understand that. That is the simplest, most precise, most accurate statement of public policy I've seen in a long time. Black li- you say black lives matter, you're destroying my community and my business. You say you're doing this for black lives, that's obviously not true. You're doing it because you want to take all my money. And uh, instead of doing that, instead of stealing from people, which is a sin and a crime, you should get a job. Get a job like I do and act like a normal person in civil society. Simple enough. It would only the most sophisticated white liberal could not understand that statement. Love that woman. I, I, I want her to run for president. You're not supposed to see that video. You're not supposed to see videos of all of the looting. There was one video of the looting that came out yesterday. It was being narrated by a guy who was filming it. These people coming out of, I guess, a sneaker store. And the guy deserves an Oscar for, for documentary filmmaking. We'll get to that in one second. First though, speaking of art, I've got to thank our friends over at Paint Your Life. Oh, how I love Paint Your Life, which is the perfect Father's Day gift uh, that I could recommend in the artistic sphere. Paint Your Life, you know, I got my stepbrother when he got married, I got him a Paint Your Life just to try it out. And this painting was so incredibly good. An actual painting done by hand in oil from a photograph that you upload to paintyourlife.com. It was so good that I then was envious and regretful that I had given him this painting because I wanted it for myself. Now I am commissioning one for myself. It's coming in just a few weeks. Uh, Paintyourlife.com adds art to your your home, but it's not just that generic art you buy at some store. It's actually custom made based on a favorite photo of, of, you know, a family member or of a place or a pet. I mean, it's just, uh, just lovely. And the quality could not be better. At paintyourlife.com, there is no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. Right now as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That is 20% off already incredibly good prices and free shipping. Get this offer. Text the word Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L to 64,000. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L to 64,000. What's, what's that name? Michael to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Not supposed to see the images of black business owners whose livelihoods and neighborhoods have been destroyed. Not supposed to see images of the looting because we've been told this is a peaceful protest. That's about justice. That's about uh, all these all these really noble, wonderful values. And yet when we see the videos, it looks like people are just stealing a lot of sneakers. Oh, shit. so you got people pouring out of this store and this guy's following a woman who's, who's carrying some sneakers. Your car to go get some sneakers. She don't want to talk to him. At least show me what you got. <laughs> show me what you got since you, since you left your car. Hold on, let's see. Let's see what you got. She left the car in let's the middle see. of the street. Let's see what you got. You left your car in traffic, ma. You got right? You She's good? nodding, but she doesn't want to talk to him. That's what I'm talking about. She wants about. to get out of there. <laughs> More people pouring out of the store. More people pouring into the store. Come on, ma. Damn, the pregnant shit got right. This crazy, yo. This crazy, boy. The man who filmed and narrated that that short video deserves an Academy Award. I mean, that is some really compelling content. I think what it shows us is this is not about George Floyd. This is not about justice or really noble values. It's just petty crime. And in some cases, it's not so petty crime because 
Here's the answer from the Black Lives Matter intellectual defenders, people like Hannah Jones at the New York Times, who's behind the absolutely anti-historical trash known as the 1619 Project, which rewrites American history and wins Pulitzer Prizes for its fiction. The intellectuals at the New York Times, like Hannah Jones, say that actually what's happening here, all the looting and the riots and everything, yeah, okay, it's not great, but it's not violent. One of the things you offer is a full perspective and context, more, most importantly, context. When we look at people rioting and looting, and no doubt some of the victims of the looting are going to be businesses that are African-American businesses. Um, how are we to interpret what we see there? How are we to interpret what we see? Please give us that context. You're so good at context. I have to cut it there because Hannah Jones gives the opposite of context. Hannah Jones completely rewrites context, takes things out of context, and then occasionally just invents pieces of context because she has lied about her central thesis in the New York Times, in the 1619 Project, specifically on race in America. She was called out for it by academic historians. They ignored the academic historians. They gave her the Pulitzer anyway. So with that context, here's her answer. We need to be really careful with our language. Um, Yes, it is disturbing to see property being destroyed. It is disturbing to see uh, people taking property from stores. But these are things. And violence is when an agent of the state kneels on a man's neck until all of the life is leached out of his body. Destroying property which can be replaced is not violence. And to put those things, uh, to use the exact same language to describe those two things, I think really um, it's, not, it's not moral to do that. It's not moral. We've got to be really careful with our language here, says the most famous liar at the New York Times, which, you know, that's a stiff competition. So the fact that she was able to uh, grab that title, really impressive. Then look at what she says. She says, we shouldn't call this violence. When you break into somebody's home or store or you rob somebody, that's not violence because ultimately you're just taking property. So what she just said is not true. <laughs> that is violence. When you burgle somebody, it's violence. When you, when you mug somebody, it's violence. It's not murder, but it's violence. And she's saying, so because it's not murder, you can't call it violence. It's, look, I, there were people, I think it was actually Hannah Jones, but there were at least some people who were rationalizing this, who said it was a symbolic taking. It was a, it's not stealing, it's a symbolic taking. Like, wow, okay, What's, it's the symbol of your, your burglary. <laughs> okay, it's the symbol of the, of the violent crime that you're committing, okay. She wants to get rid of the murders that are happening. She wants to pretend that they're not really happening. She wants you only to focus on people stealing shoes, which is bad, that is a crime. Also, there's murders happening. And all of Black Lives Matter is more or less denying it. Here's, here's just one example. This is one guy who, at, at least he's been going around social media a little bit, even if the BLM supporters don't want to acknowledge him. 77-year-old St. Louis retired police captain, David Dorn. David Dorn was shot dead by looters when he tried to get the looters to stop looting a local pawn shop. Okay. David Dorn was a black man. His black life did not particularly matter to these rioters. These, I'm sorry, peaceful protesters. They're the pe peaceful rioters. I think it's one of the peaceful looters, arsonists, rioters, and murderers. They're very peaceful. Unexpectedly, unexpectedly, they committed these crimes. David Dorn is not the only one. 
Okay, there are many other people around the country. There have been many cops who have been injured or killed in this. There were cops that, I think it was, what, five cops killed by a Black Lives Matter supporter? Was it in Dallas during the first uprising of the peaceful protest of Black Lives Matter? Many, many cops. Peaceful, the peaceful protest of Black Lives Matter. I was walking around Los Angeles yesterday, multiple neighborhoods in Los Angeles, and all the shops are boarded up. They're boarded up because they're afraid that the peaceful rioters are going to come in and, and rob them blind or worse or hurt them. The weirdest thing about it, though, was that it had graffiti tagged on a lot of these shops in multiple neighborhoods in LA. I thought, well, how is there graffiti there when the, the mobs haven't run through here yet? And they've had graffiti like BLM, Black Lives Matter, but then I looked a little more closely. The graffiti had clearly been put on by the shop owners because it said things on there like minority owned business, Black Lives Matter. We support Black Lives Matter. Please don't rob us. Black Lives Matter. We're people of POC business. Like we're not those bad white people. Go rob the white people, but we can, don't rob us, please. And I get it. I totally get it. If I were a shop owner right now, I would probably graffiti all those things on my own building. One, to make it look like the mobs had already come through here. But two, just to plead with them, please, please don't destroy my livelihood. I just made it through two and a half months of this shutdown for coronavirus. I can barely rub two nickels together. And now you're going to take everything else I have or worse or attack me or kill me as has happened in other places. I totally get it. But you don't have to plead for your life and property with peaceful protesters. It's not, that's not what you do. Peaceful protesters, you just talk, you know, you kind of hash it out and you talk. That's not what's going on here. What's behind all this? There is something motivating this that is beyond the petty crime, though we're seeing a lot of petty crime and not so petty crime. There's something motivating this that is beyond the man who was killed in Minnesota, who I think at this point is barely tangential even to the story of these riots that are going on. There were crowds in Amsterdam, massive, huge crowds in Amsterdam, ostensibly for George Floyd. Do we really think that on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, in Amsterdam, people who don't speak our language, have never been to Minnesota, don't know George Floyd, don't know anything about the racial and social makeup of the United States, that they're really, they're just so riled up because of this sad death of a man in Minnesota that they're coming out. I, I don't think so. People are torching cars in Paris right now. Now, the thing is, people are always torching cars in Paris. There's always a riot going on there. So maybe that, you know, we've, we've just got to take that as a classic, you know, it's a day that ends in Y. But I think there's a broader political reaction going on right now. And I think it's beyond George Floyd. And I think it's beyond even questions of race. And I think it's beyond Minnesota. I think it is a political reaction to and from liberalism. This whole thing is being promoted in many ways by white liberals, specifically because they can't make sense of their political system. The best, the best example of this, I have spent many years reading many, many books to try to understand liberal modernity. And then yesterday I found out I I could have avoided doing all that and just watched one 24 second video of two white kids playing beer pong in a room and they see the Black Lives Matter mob going by and they knock on the, on the glass and they say, we, thumbs up, we support you, we support you. Take a listen to what happens. They're walking by, see him down there and you see the thumbs up from the kid. 
He's filming it. Yeah, thumbs up. And then, oh, knocking. Hey guys, do you notice me? No, oh, and then they threw something through the window. Oh, they threw another thing through the window. And these stupid, stupid liberal teenage guys or guys in their early 20s. We're on your side, even after they throw the second rock through the window. You might be on their side. I don't think that those guys down there are on your side, Buster. <laughs> but the kid is shocked. He goes, I, it doesn't make sense. I posted the, the black square. I'm a good person. Why are you throwing rocks through my window? I'm, one of, I'm the good one. I'm not like all those many, many terrible people out there who, who think black lives don't matter. You know, all those real people, not just those imaginary people. Yeah, I'm a good one. Rock goes through the window anyway. What is, <laughs> what is this about? Why don't they get it? What are they not getting? What are the rioters not getting? What is everybody not getting about this? I think it's all about religion, which we'll get to in one second. But first, I've got to thank you. I have to thank you for subscribing to my YouTube channel and getting my subscriber number to catch up with Drew Clavin. Because Drew, unbeknownst to me, told everybody to subscribe to his YouTube channel and blow up his channel and then make me look like, uh, you know, nobody's watching my show. So thank you very much. I appreciate you going over. You know, we got some bonus content out there. Got breakouts and interviews and, and, and bonus segments. I just did a, a talk with my friend Maddie Kearns at National Review about a major transgender case. So head on over, go check that stuff out. Uh, also go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. You will get not one, but two leftist ears tumblers. You get a lot of content. You get a lot of other stuff. None of that matters. You get the leftist tier tumbler, but that is only when you join the all access membership tier, which is the premier level of membership. Q and A's, exclusive editorial articles, bonus hours of the shows, ad free website experience. It's great. Dailywire.com slash subscribe uh, to join all access. Get 15% off right now with coupon code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. That is dailywire.com slash subscribe. See you there. What is this all about? What are the kids who get the rocks thrown through their window and they still say, we're on your side? What are they not getting? I think this whole thing is about secular liberals trying to use politics to answer questions that only religion can answer. I think white privilege is a stand-in for original sin. I think when they say, I've got my white privilege, obviously I was, I was born with it. I didn't do anything to have my white privilege, but I have it and it's bad and I feel sorry for it. And it's, it's made the, the world worse. That, that, that's exactly the way to talk about original sin, but they can't talk about original sin because they've rejected actual religion, traditional religion. And so they've got to make this bizarre political ideology into their religion. You hear them all the time talk. They'll say slavery is America's original sin. This is a classic liberal talking point. And it's not true. Slavery is not America's original sin. Slavery is a very bad thing. It made the country much more difficult to be created and to develop. And it, it, we're still haunted by it to this day. But do you know what America's original sin is? Original sin. That's, that's the original sin. There are more sins in America than just slavery. There are more sins, not just in America, the abstraction, but in each of us lurking in our own hearts, every single one of us, than just that. This cult of liberalism has replaced church. Uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio in New York, who I, I think is still 
the mayor, <laughs> the governor of New York threatened to remove him from office because he's doing such a bad job in, in Manhattan right now. Mayor Bill de Blasio was asked a question at a press conference that gets right to the heart of my thesis here. He was asked why he won't let people go to religious services because of coronavirus. Remember that? There was this virus that they told us was really bad and we couldn't go out, but now when it's rioters, it's fine. They said, why won't you let people go to church and synagogue, but you will let them go out and loot Fifth Avenue and mob everybody and riot? Obviously, there's much more social distancing at church than there is in these riots. And de Blasio's answer was that these riots, these, call it a race riot, you call it a riot for justice, you could call it looting, or you can call it a, a liberal riot, you know, the liberalism riot. He says that's much more important than going to church. This is the other piece of the equation. When you see a nation, an entire nation, simultaneously grappling with an extraordinary crisis seated in 400 years of American racism, I'm sorry, that is not the same question as the understandably aggrieved store owner or the devout religious person who wants to go back to services. When you see somebody who's been aggrieved by 400 years of slavery, that's much, much more important than people who want to go to church. But don't forget, a lot of the people showing up to these protests, so-called, are white people. So even if, even if de Blasio is right that nothing has changed since slave days, it's just as bad now as it was in 1859 in the antebellum South for black people, even if that were true, and it's obviously not true, but even if it were true, why are the little pasty white Antifa kids allowed to go? They're not aggrieved by slavery. They did not have any ancestors who were slaves. Their ancestors weren't brought over on slave ships. They weren't, uh, their ancestors weren't segregated against by Jim Crow or redlining or any of those things that you're talking about. So why do they get to go? <laughs> because it's, it's actually not a race thing here. It's an ideological point that Bill de Blasio is making. Bill de Blasio, like so many leftists, doesn't seem to be particularly religious, doesn't seem to like religion very much, actually seems very anti-religious, anti-Christian, and specifically anti-Jewish. To, to hear this guy talk to the Jews is, uh, is really something to behold. So de Blasio is at least honest. He's an honest radical. And he says, it's more important to participate in these political ideological activities than to go to church. He's not the only one. There was, there have been a few of these videos of what I, I guess they're calling them protests, but they're not. They're really more liturgical services. One is of a whole group of white people kneeling down and begging forgiveness of a whole group of black people standing up. Take a listen. This is in some backyard somewhere, I guess. Probably, I don't know how many, 60, 70 white people kneeling down to maybe, I don't know, 40, 50 black people standing up. It's kind of hard to make out what he's saying, particularly as I'm talking over him, but you, even <laughs> when you're listening to it normally, you can't hear it that well. Just to watch it, there is no difference between this and a religious liturgical ritual, right? I'm Catholic. I go to mass. Mass has lots of rituals, lots of kneeling and lots of smells and bells, lots of things that we all do together. If I were to, I mean, they, they obviously look different in, in terms of, you know, it's not a bunch of like liberals wearing t-shirts, you know, looking like ruffians, but 
to actually look at the movements up and down, they are identically liturgical. Same thing, there was another protest, I don't know where it was, it was just a whole huge group, probably over a hundred white people, with their hands up sitting on the ground, chanting mantras that are being given to them by the leader of the liberal liturgy. About racism, anti-blackness, or violence. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. And do everything in my power to educate my community. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. Get kind of cult vibes here, don't you? That's what my friend Tyler Carden over the blaze tweeted at. He says, is this a cult? I think this is a cult. It, it just reminds you, you go to church and you say, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Or when you re- recite things, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, right? That is, it is a liturgy, but it's a liturgy of this weird religion called liberalism. And actually, there, there are many Black Lives Matter activists, the real ones, the hardcore ones, who have been going off on white liberals specifically for this kind of stuff, for these, for this slacktivism or for this, these weird, creepy cult rituals. There's one woman, I don't know her name. She, uh, she was obviously irritated and she opens up the video and she goes, this is ridiculous. We told you white people what to do. We told you exactly what to do and you screwed it up. So I, I think a lot of conservatives haven't been sending this video around because they're kind of put off by this idea of you told me what to do. I don't care what you told me to do. I don't listen to you lady. But in the middle there, even though she's a radical leftist activist, she makes a really good point about these white liberal slacktivists. We tell y'all exactly what to do. Exactly. Exactly. What to f- do. And y'all still find a way to do the least amount of sh- possible. The thing that takes the least amount of effort. And not only that, you chose something that actively does harm. You chose to take the hashtags we're using to disseminate information about where the cops are, about how to keep people safe, about how to find resources, about organizing. You all take it and you fill it up with a bunch of black squares? What the are you thinking? Y'all just see somebody do some shit and then I don't even understand how the we can't get y'all to organize around else but posting black squares. How did y'all even do it that fast? Huh? Was it like a dumb email chain? How? How? I don't even I don't even I can't even comprehend how all of you all got on the same page to do the same clown Thing. <laughs> so this goes on for like another three minutes and I, I recommend going, going to Instagram and, and checking it out because it's, it's very, very funny. And she has a real point. She goes, oh, okay. So we here at BLM, radical activists want to radically transform society. We want to end the police. That's one of the demands of Black Lives Matter. It's actually, no, no more police. Defund the police. We want to totally upend civil society and government. And so you, you heard all that. And so you, you posted a black square to Instagram on our hashtag that we're using to communicate our radical plans in the field in the moment. Like, thanks guys. (laughs) 
I love, she, look, this woman is, is wrong about a great many things, ideologically speaking, but she makes a great point about, about those white liberals. And this is actually why it was pretty funny because I got a lot of flack for making my little joke about the slacktivism earlier in the day with the rainbow on the black square. I got so much flack. All these white liberals were very upset with me. But then by the end of the day, I actually was looking pretty good because I was making fun of the black squares and all the Black Lives Matter people then started making fun of the black squares. And so all the white liberals felt really embarrassed that they posted the black squares and they felt sort of like they can't win for losing. This happened with uh, Hermione Granger. What is her name? Emma Watson. Emma Watson, who is woke, man. This chickie is far left. She's started the he for she campaign, radical feminist, really big on all these kind of racial identity politics. So she posts the squares the black square, but she did it. It had like a special border or something, or she did it multiple times so that her Instagram feed, which has a zillion followers, you know, she's a big celebrity. She wanted her Instagram feed to look, look nice while showing support for BLM. They savaged her. They savaged her because, well, one, because it was just slacktivism, but because she was taking so much care for herself, you know, it was so much just about her. And you saw so many people, all these blue check marks on Twitter, they would say, look, you, it, it's, you got to do more than just post the square. You've got to donate. You've, I've been donating. I donated to this group. I have liberal friends of mine who are screenshotting their donations to various bail funds for probably for Antifa actually, but they think it's going to, to black protesters. And I, I reposted one of these people and I said, you know, you're doing all of these things, but most importantly, you're posting on social media about it. And you're showing everybody what a great person you are because you're virtuous and you're very liberal. And I think that's where BLM is a little upset as they should be. But it, it's not about black lives mattering. That's not what this is about. It's not about the man who was killed in Minnesota. It's not about any of that. It is a working out of the political and religious contradictions in this leftist ideology. And it's manifesting in different ways as it often does in identity politics. But I think that's the rot. When I looked around at the hordes of people in Amsterdam, riots in Paris, so I looked around at all of these sort of things. I thought, I think this whole thing is not about what people are telling us it's about. Joe Biden gave a big speech on this topic. I want to get to it uh, very quickly. Joe Biden, the speech was actually pretty good by Joe Biden standards because he was able to form a coherent sentence. Biden came out and he used a line that Barack Obama used a lot, that Martin Luther King used a lot, which is the credo of progressivism. It, it ties right in with this idea of the liberal progressive religion. He said, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it tends toward justice. A few days before Dr. King was murdered, he gave a final Sunday sermon in Washington where he told us that though the arc of the moral universe is long, he said it bends towards justice. And we know we can bend it because we have. We have to believe that still. That's our purpose. It's been our purpose in the very beginning. So that's not true. None of, none of what he just said is true, but it has become popular in recent years in progressive circles to use this line. But the arc of the moral universe does not inexorably bend toward justice in, in politics, at least. It certainly doesn't. Actually, it bends toward Armageddon. There is a happy ending if you've read the Bible, but it, you know, it's, it gets kind of bad before then. Also, this hasn't been the purpose since the beginning. 
That is the progressive rewriting of our purpose. And Joe Biden even admits this when he contradicts himself 90 seconds later. American story is a story about action and reaction. That's how history works. We can't be naive about it. I wish I could say that hate began with Donald Trump and will end with him. It didn't and it won't. American history isn't a fairy tale with a guaranteed happy ending. Hold on. If American history is not a fairy tale with a guaranteed happy ending, then that means that what you just said isn't true because what you just said is the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. But if we're not guaranteed a happy ending, then it clearly doesn't bend toward justice, which is obviously the case. Biden was right the second time, not the first time. Contrary to, to what progressives say, we know history is not a predetermined science. Marx and his followers and leftist intellectuals since then have pretended that history is this predetermined set science, and it's not. We are not moving inexorably toward utopia, toward paradise. We're not just on the verge of perfecting human nature, much as a lot of these liberal and leftist protesters want to. Good things happen, bad things happen. I guess that's not progressivism, right? Progressivism is things get better, 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 perfect. We've perfected human nature. We're back in the Garden of Eden. Everything's great. That's not true. Some good things happen. Some bad things happen. More often than not, it's the people who describe their political agenda, their political plan as inevitable, who bring us many more of the bad things. You know, the, I actually have a, a great deal of empathy for Black Lives Matter, and, but even beyond Black Lives Matter, all of these liberal leftist movements and, and activist campaigns, because they are recognizing a real problem. They're recognizing that they are not perfect, that there is injustice and sin and death and misery in the world, and they can't make sense of that. They, they cannot make sense of their own world. And so because mankind is naturally religious, right, or call it spiritual or call it whatever you want, we have these longings for things beyond this world. And when you deny one outlet for that, like natural religion or, or, or traditional religion, Christianity or Judaism, when you deny that, you're going to express those longings somewhere else. And what the left does is it expresses those longings and those, and those intuitions, actually, those, those perfectly right intuitions through politics. But when you try to make an idol and a god of politics, things go very bad very quickly, as we're seeing from the smoldering ruins of many American cities. I will give Joe Biden, in the spirit of unity, in the spirit of coming together, which I've, I've been told him I, I should be promoting, in the spirit of coming together, I will admit Joe Biden does make one good point in his speech. To become a nation where all men and women are not only created equal, but they're treated equally. Not just created equal, but treated equally. To become a nation defined in Dr. King's words, not only by the absence of tension, but by the presence of justice. It's not enough just to not have tension, but justice. Today in America, it's hard to keep faith that justice is at hand. I know that. You know that. This point at the end, I like. I like this point about justice. Because very often from the kind of bland liberalism, you hear hey man, calm down. Just take a chill pill. Just relax. Look, life doesn't really mean anything. It's all not a big deal. Just like, 
give yourself a lot of pleasure and consume a lot of goods and, you know, just make your life really pleasant and then you'll die and it all meant nothing, but at least your life was basically pleasant. That's kind of the, the consensus liberal idea. And you see conservatives butting up against that and you see leftists, hardcore leftists butting up against that too, obviously from different directions. And I think that has a lot to do with the unrest. Uh, unrest. What a silly word unrest is. It's the opposite of rest. It's, such a, it's like an Orwellian euphemism, right? We're talking about the riots. We're talking about things burning down. A lot of the riots, a lot of the burning that we're seeing is because of that contradiction. And, and Biden actually acknowledges that. He says, justice is what we need. We, do, we all want justice. But the way that the left and BLM have defined justice is actually injustice. All right, what they're talking about is stealing from people, harming people, killing innocent people, because of what? Because of some ideology that's based on a lie, a foundational lie, false premises that cause a lot of harm to a lot of people. Obviously, we can't support that. Nobody should support that movement that is, that is pushing those terrible things based on lies. But to Biden's credit, he is intuiting a little bit that people want justice, all right? And uh, the pro- problem is Joe Biden can't possibly bring us there. And Joe Biden certainly didn't give that speech, and I'm shocked he read it as well as he did. But that idea of justice, that is something we must pursue, but we're going to have to pursue it by very different means. All right, that's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. Production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith, Those are fundamental, and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen.